the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. All about golf, from putting to driving, from hooks to whatever. Now, here's your host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, Rich Styles. And good morning and welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is live today from Ocean Forest as they have the 19th annual Jones Cup. And the Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf, by Club Car, the leader in sport utility and personal vehicles, by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, by Bridgestone Golf, get fitted for your Tour B ball today, and by the club at Sea Palms. On the show, we're going to talk with Bill Jones right here, founder of the Jones Cup, being played today and tomorrow here at Ocean Forest. First round was yesterday. Then we'll talk with Lucas Walters, the superintendent here at Ocean Forest Club, about the course conditions and how he and his team set up the course for the Jones Cup. And then finally, we'll talk with the Ocean Forest director of golf and golf channel fame, John Wade, about the Jones Cup field, some of the past players who have won, who have gone on to play on the PGA Tour, uh, including the Masters. Uh, but first up is Bill Jones. Bill, welcome to the show, and thank you for being with us. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be here with you. Uh, first off, how and why did the Jones family, did you start the Jones Cup? Well, I think you have to go back to the beginning of Ocean Forest. We we built Ocean Forest in 1995, opened in 1995. Uh, Reese Jones did a masterful job. He of, did. Of really uncovering the golf course from a maritime forest that was growing out of a ancient dunescape surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean, the Hampton River. Um, not, so we have a great Not venue. a bad setting, by Not the a way. bad setting. And I, I would argue one of the best <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. And, and Reese did a masterful job of, of, of uncovering that and understanding that we wanted to build the best sort of member club we could build, right. but one that could test even the best players. Um, we had always been supportive of amateur golf at Sea Island, going back to the 1931 Georgia State Amateur Championship, which – by the way, Charlie Yates won. Uh, Danny, the eventual captain of the Walker Cup, right, was, right, forced his uncle. And um, so our goal was to continue to be supportive of amateur golf, um, with the goal being the Walker Cup. Um, and the stars sort of aligned up, and we were awarded the Walker Cup. And and being a brand new golf course, we wanted to give Walker Cup players or players that might have a chance of making that 2001 Walker Cup an opportunity to see the golf course, right. And so we invited them uh, from the United States and from Great Britain and Ireland, and we had a great turnout, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was so popular that we decided to do it each year, each Walker Cup year. And look at where we are, 19. I mean, does it seem like it's been 19 years ago that you started it? <laughs> Time flies by. It no, does. It, it does. It really doesn't seem that long. And over the years, I mean, the Jones Cup winners, many of them, Justin Thomas, uh, Davis Thompson, who lives here, have gone on to pro careers and even winning major tournaments. Um, and that's got to be a thrill for y'all too. Oh, it's a, it's a great thrill. And, and when you look back at the, at the list of folks that the players that won the tournament, and then you look at people that played in those tournaments, right? I mean, it's a who's who of the, of the professional golf world today. It is. It is. Um, what does this mean to have this tournament? Uh, 19 years ago, what does it mean to the Jones family, to you especially, to have this be a Category A amateur tournament? Well, we never dreamed that it would turn into a, 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 tur a Category A tournament, but it's, a, it's, it's rewarding to see that the commitment to amateur golf and the love of the game, the support of our membership, uh, the support of the Sea Island Company, 
um, has led to this. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very re- rewarding to me personally. And in the beginning, what was the vision? I mean, you kind of went over a little bit of that, but you wanted to, to build a golf course. You and Reese talked, um, how much interaction was the bit between the two of you as far as what you were going to end up with? We, we talked daily I'll and, bet. and, uh, Reese was very, very accommodating, um, with his time and his, and, and, and his thoughts. And, uh, and so I basically followed it, followed him around and, you know, and shared my thoughts about the land and, and what I hope to accomplish. And, and, uh, he just, he intuitively understood, uh, what we were looking for and, and delivered. I mean, he just is a master. Um, and a lot of people call him what the U S open architect, the doctor, the doctor, that's yeah. it. Open yeah. doctor. And, right. And, 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 and he's earned that. He's earned that title. Yeah. I mean, he really is. I can't say enough good things about, uh, about Reese and, and he's a great friend as well. He is a great guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. He's been on the show and I did ask him, I said, when you play golf, uh, what are you trying to do? And he said, like everybody else, I'm trying to put it in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He's very competitive too. Oh yeah. yeah I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. Look, um, I, 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 I want to mention uh, Jim Stahl's involvement too, okay. because, because a, a lot of people came together to form this tournament, but none more important than Jim Stahl's involvement. Um, and you know, Jim, so former I'm on the US, first tee yeah, yesterday. Former yeah. U.S. Uh, senior amateur champion, runner-up in the British Amateur Championship, and uh, a great lover of the game. Um, he's he's co-founder of this tournament, and he has been dedicated and involved all those 19 tournaments. and And uh, can't thank Jim enough for for his involvement. Well, you and I were talking earlier, and you, I asked you, how did you pick Reese to originally do the course? And you had a story that. You had known him before and you had played together before. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I was very fortunate to be a young member of the Royal Ancient Golf Club. And uh, <clears throat> and Reese was a member. And I got to know him really at St. Andrews and played golf with him, got to understand his philosophy. Um, and we, we um, you know, great chemistry uh, with Reese. Um, and so uh, I hired Reese to, to renovate the plantation down at Seattle in 1993. He did a great job with that, and so it was just kind of a natural pick when uh, when we decided to build Ocean Forest. And uh, you've been out here when he's been here. I'm sure you've played golf together out here, um, and it's just a marvelous walk. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's much more than just a golf course, right? I mean, it's a it's a it's a beautiful part of nature. Um, celebrates the you know Georgia coast and and just how how special this coast is and, and, uh, being a maritime forest, you know, you've got all the, uh, you know, all the birds and animals and all that out there. And yeah. Just, a, it's a great creation. And it started out as a biannual event and then it became an annual event. Well, again, the idea was to give Walker cup players an opportunity to play the course, um, because many of them never had, never had played it as a young golf course, but the, but it became so popular. Right. That, uh, that, you know, there was pressure from the players to do this every year. Right. And so in 2000, after the 2010 tournament, we decided to do it every year. And this is just tremendous. I've seen these kids. I was walking score yesterday. Uh, one of the guys that I walked with, eight birdies, four bogeys, second place. Uh, I mean, the course just played great. This is a great time. You've moved the date. And this date may be one that may stay with you. Well, early January has proven to be much better weather than, than February. And yeah. I, yeah. 
And uh, if you ask the folks that played last year on that Sunday, uh, they welcome the weather we've got here this weekend because yeah. it's pretty benign. Yeah, this has been yeah. fantastic. It's beautiful. It's you know, it, it, I'd tra- I wouldn't trade this weather for anywhere in the country. Yeah, and uh, when you go out there now and see where you've come from 19 years ago to where we are today and see the talent that's out there, um, I mean, and this is a big year because of the Walker Cup. It's remarkable, uh, the, the interest from the really – top players in the world. And, and we've always had a strong uh, connection to the international players. And that was mainly through our connections to the RNA. Uh, Michael and Angela, Angela Banalek, uh, great fans of Sea Island, uh, Ian Webb, Colin McLean, uh, Peter Dawson, um, all, you know, great golf enthusiasts from, from the RNA. And uh, so that, that's played a big part in the success of this tournament as well and in a few weeks there's going to be a refresh there is and uh, Bo Welling's going to come in and and uh and refresh the course it's 26 years old um he's uh respects the integrity of this golf course and uh so I think he'll he'll do a fine job and and securing the Ocean Forest place for the next 25 years. We'll probably talk more about that with uh, Lucas as he comes on. But, Bill, thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time. Thanks for your support, Rich, and thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. We'll be right back on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show with Lucas Walters, the superintendent. Hi, this is Davis Love III, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. We are live out here at Ocean Forest as they hold the Jones Cup 19th Annual and a very important person for that is the person that helps keep this in shape, Lucas Walters, the superintendent. Welcome, Lucas, to thanks, the show. Rich. Thanks, for, thanks for having me. It's nice to see you out of a golf cart and kind of a, in a warmer environment. Yeah, it's, it's different <laughs> this year. It's much warmer this year. It's a little bit different. All right, so here you have a very important year. Mm-hmm. Walker Cup points are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a great field of 84 players from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you and your team have to do? Um, and I know weather plays a huge part of that in order to get it ready for a tournament like this. Yeah. So usually the you know prep for the tournament starts about a month in advance, but you know, our, our goal is to provide these kind of conditions on a daily basis. So from an agronomic standpoint, there's not a lot of different inputs that are required from us to get gotcha. ready for the tournament. Gotcha. But yeah, you're right. Weather plays a massive part. So in years past, in February, when the cold when the cold weather's here and the greens are a little more dormant, it takes very little effort to get them fast and smooth and um, and competitive. But like right now, what we're going through is this week of warm weather has caused the greens to start to green up and start to grow again, which require a little more input from us to get the speeds right. there. But we're there. Okay. And how do you decide, or do you decide, where the pins go each day? I have input, but ultimately, ultimately, it's up to the GSGA, and we go out together, okay. and they they get my input and uh, feedback and opinions on where I think you know an unplayable area is or a more tricky area is. So, yeah, on a daily basis, we're communicating with the rules officials and go out together and make that decision. Well, I know a lot of people that watch golf. I mean, they always say, okay, where are they going to be on the first day? Uh, where are they going to be on the last day? Mm Because the last day, it always seems like they're in more difficult positions Mm -hmm. to separate the better golfers from the not-so-better golfers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, is that going to happen? Do they go from, like, here we are today, they're going to get a little harder on the second day and even harder on the third day? That's typically what you'll see, as uh, the third day is usually the more challenging day. 
Uh, but they do a pretty good job of balancing that through the weekend where you'll, you'll have a, a very fair amount of easy pins. You know, you know, have a good uh, set of easy placements, but then you'll still have some challenging things here and there. But, uh, but yeah, the third day is usually when you see the more, it's, it's, you're going to work for it. We're going to make it work for it. So we talked about weather. It mm-hmm. plays such a big part. Um, and it's the one thing you really have no control over. That's right. And you just got to go with whatever they give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You just got to be able to adapt to what's, uh, what you're given and make the best decisions for the play. Like, you know, this year it, it's just totally different. It's, um, I mean, I was telling John a little bit ago, so this might be the first tournament the kids have actually seen sun. <laughs> and uh you know there's no wind yeah. this year yeah. and uh yeah. it's it, it from and with that being said when you have conditions like what we're going to have you can set the course up harder or more competitive and that's what we're going to do but um yeah that's the wind's not going to be a factor this year and um and yeah kids are actually going to see some sun while they're out there yeah i mean it's in great condition i walked it yesterday as a walking score and um i mean it was it was just pristine and Boy, these kids can really play. Does it bother you as the superintendent? You've got the course set up. Mm-hmm. The conditions are perfect. You said, as we said, the sun's out. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you when you see these kids shoot really low scores? I don't mind seeing them shoot low as long as we've done our part and making them work for it. If they went out there and they earned it, that's off. Good job. You know, good round. Um, but if we set it up too easy, that's when I get frustrated. But, yeah, it's – um. Whether it's, you know, when I was on Seaside, it's, you know, the weather, the wind was the biggest defense. That was right. your biggest help. Right. Same thing here. But Ocean Forest definitely sets up harder than, say, Seaside. But but the wind is a major factor that plays in. And with it not being here, it's, you know, you want to make sure that we're doing our part to make it more competitive for the players. All right. If somebody shot low 60s, which they didn't, I mean, I think mm-hmm. the leader is five under. Mm-hmm. Um would you change where the pins are going to be today and tomorrow if somebody really shot low? I don't think we'll see okay. much of a change, okay. no. Okay. And how fast are the greens? They're up uh, at 13. Ooh, man. Yeah. Man. Fast. I mean, I saw yesterday these kids putting, and I'm saying, man, I would have hit that harder, and they're going still past the hole. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So that's the thing. That, uh, the, the, the funny thing with the speeds is, you know, it, uh, some people that don't understand the stem readings when you say 13 and when you know you you think coming off the stem meter the ball or, or when you're putting the ball is just going to take off and go and it's just, it's the fact that you could be putting downhill and you could bump it and it just won't stop rolling right not necessarily that it's fast it just won't stop rolling and that's what you'll have out here in some spots it's just you got to be very careful just be very sensitive with your putter and you'll be all right. But it's, that's the thing. It's a, it's, it's just a nice roll out of the ball. Well, not only does it make your putting, but it also makes your chipping um, yeah. a lot more challenging because you've got to, I mean, obviously these guys know how to play. They know how to chip. They know how to bump and run when they need to, or mm-hmm. fly it up and see if it'll check. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of mine don't check. That yeah. becomes an issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've, I've had issues with that too. Yeah. It's, it, you know, with, um, like this week on Wednesday, we got eight tenths of an inch of rain, uh, so the greens are a little bit softer than we would like them to be. Even right, but yesterday was a low humidity day with the sun out, so we could tell that this morning they seem a little firmer. And if we have another day today, like yesterday, tomorrow will be even better. All right, so we had a, a sixty-seven, uh, a couple of sixty-eights, and some other scores. Most everybody was either even or a few over. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you recommend if someone came up to you? And I wanted to know, does anybody come up to you and say, hey, how would you recommend playing your course? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this course requires it's through the air and it doesn't lend itself well for run up shots, you know, that kind of thing. You know, we're, we're protected bunker left, bunker right, hazard left, hazard right. You've got to be accurate through the air. Um, that's, that, I mean, that's really the best advice you can give them. It's, it's, you, know, so you got to come in over the sand yeah. traps and over the trouble. Yeah. Cause if you go long and, you know, usually the green slope off to the back. So if you go long, right. you're, you're in trouble. And, um, and that's part of the, you know, uh, refresh idea when we go through that, that'll kind of change a little bit, make it more open around the greens for more options. But, um, but yeah, when you come here, it's, it's the bunkers are challenging, you know, your angles of attack into the green are difficult. So it's, it's a very challenging course. Well, Reese, uh, from his history, from his reputation, uh, really does not as the doctor build an easy golf course. Yeah, no, it is a very difficult course out there. It's, uh, it demands accuracy. You have to be, you have to be on your game out here to be able to play it. And, um, it's not very forgiving. So there's not a lot of room for error. No, there's not, uh, especially on a few holes, but, um, do you think a lot of players play this course? Let's talk about the Jones cup players overread the greens and sometimes feel there's more break in it. Or do you think, uh, speed is more important? That's, that's, I mean, that's a possibility. I think, uh, I, like with me and Bermuda greens versus say bent grass greens it on bent grass, you can see the break and I feel the ball breaks more. And then on Bermuda, you can see the break and you just don't get it. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll think you're, you know, a foot out from the cup foot left and you, you adjust for that and it doesn't break that much. Right. And, um, I think with the, the, the greens with these Bermuda greens, it's the, the speed I think is more of something you have to be in control of. Um, but I just, I think it'd be really easy to overread a Bermuda green and think it's going to mm-hmm. have a lot of movement and it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Reese, as we just talked about, doesn't build easy golf courses. So you've chosen Bo Welling to do the refresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us some of the things that are going to change. Well, all new T complexes, uh, bunkers, uh, greens, all new greens. Some of the fairways may be adjusted a little bit. Um, we are doing a lawn-style tee idea where the teeing ground just runs out and connects back to the fairway. So instead of having individual teeing areas, we have these ribbons of Celebration Bermuda run into the fairway. Uh, but the bunker design is going to be completely different, uh, a little bit of reduction in square footage with bunkers, but all new greens complexes. So the mission of the the whole project is to maintain the difficulty level for the lower handicappers while making it a little more forgiving for the higher handicappers. So I think your biggest difference you're going to see around the greens. All right. So you said you're going to reduce the square footage as far as sand. What is it now and what is it going to go to? I mean, we're almost two acres now. Well, you know, if you look at the whole surround, so it's going to be almost a 50% reduction we're, we're thinking. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be like, there's a lot of bunkers that are going away that we're not going to bring back. And then there's some that are going to shift to different areas of the hole. Uh, some greens are going to lose bunkers altogether. So it's, it's going to be a big change, but they're going to be well-placed uh, bunkers. Strategically well, placed? Strategically placed bunkers. <laughs> I love that, that word. That, that, in a lot of instances, it's to help the golfer. It'll, right. it, it's going to help them. And, uh, um, but it's just looking at what Bo's put out so far is awesome. He's, so he's got a great idea. Is it going to be easier? For me, no. For but, me, no. But um, for John Wade, probably so. Maybe we're going to take Wade out and see what he's got when the course is done. But yeah. um, no, it's um, I, I think um, 
I think for I think what Bose put out is is definitely I think he hit the nail on the head with uh, making it easier for the the higher handicap players. Right, it's it's right. going to be a lot more forgiving when you're trying to bring the ball into the green. Um, but from a pro standpoint, it might make it more hard because they like to be in sand, and they're not really going to have a lot of options when it comes to sand. Right. But uh, it's going to give the higher handicap player more options around the green. Yeah, a better golfer mm-hmm. would prefer the sand mm-hmm. over almost anything yeah, else. Yeah, like low chip and swells, right. that kind of shortcut grass. Golfers like me don't prefer the sand mm-hmm. and would, you know, maybe put it off the green. That's exactly or, right. You know, and will that be still be a possibility? That's exactly right. Okay. That's the mission. Okay. okay. All right. How would you describe Ocean Forest? Somebody said, tell me about your course. How would you say it? Oh, it's, it's just, you can't ask for a better piece of property than this. It, it is absolutely phenomenal. And, and, that's the nice thing about this past week. We're able to expose some more people to what we do and um, what we see every morning. And um, so you get out there, you're, you're around, you know, the ocean and you see the sunrise every morning and all the wildlife we have out there. It's, it's amazing. So from my standpoint as superintendent, uh, what we see with the, the maintenance crew, it's, it's, it's awesome. But they, you know, the, the golf course just sits on a beautiful piece of property it and you, just, you can't ask for a better office than what we got out there. Calendar wise, when are you going to close? And weather permitting, mm-hmm. what are you looking at to reopen? So the plan is to, to close the beginning of February. Okay. So it's uh, somewhere or, uh, around the, the 1st to the 5th. And I know work is going to start on the 6th with some trees. And then um, sometime early fall is the plan, but weather permitting. But we're going to try to open as soon as possible. And uh, any big plans for the opening when it comes back? I mean, like maybe a, a John Wade versus a Lucas Walters oh, yeah. match? Oh, you know that's going down. We're, yeah. we're going to have that, yeah, 100 a hole, something like that. Oh, at, at least, <laughs> at least. And how many strokes will he give He's you? He's going to give me at least 20. 18? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, has, he doesn't know that yet. But... And different tees. Yeah, he's going to be playing all the way back. So I know and you're not. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing way up, <laughs> and it's going to be forgiven. I'm, I'm taking half the clubs out of his bag. And well, that'll be the driver would be the key. Yeah. Okay. Um, you talked about the tee boxes. Yeah. You're just going to do them straight on out. Right. Is that going to save a little bit on maintenance? It should. Um, I think it's going to make it easier. I think it's. I think it's going to take a little, uh, um, little, little. Because you won't have the elevations. Yeah, we won't have the undulations, and I think, and you know, as far as manpower wise, it won't take as many people to maintain them. Um, I think the the best thing, and it's not about us. It's like we can maintain whatever whatever boat puts out there. But right. um, the big thing is it's the uh, options that members will now have, and and uh, these Jones Cup players even um with t placement there's going to be you know we can set them up almost i don't want to say it's like match play or like match right. club type thing right but you do have that option to for different yardages and uh so it's going to be i think it's a great change on the greens um those are going to get some work mm-hmm. more undulation in the in the drawings from Bo than what is there now? I don't think there's going to be any drastic changes you okay. know i think we're pretty fair with undulations now i don't think there's anything drastic um, I don't think we'll see anything major um, out there. And um, but you know the great thing about Bo is he's saying that you know when, and once we start building, we'll know we'll see what's working and what's not. We can make adjustments in the field. But um, I don't I don't see there being any major changes to what we have now. All right, some of the pins yesterday I saw were way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it from a golfer standpoint? I know these guys that are playing now in the Jones Cup, I mean, they can hit wherever the pin is. They can make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer a pin all the way back, or do you prefer a pin in the middle or a pin 
up front? I'm more of a middle guy, okay. you know, and, and it just, um, like some of the, the front pins at this place are, are very challenging. I mean, That's what I was going to think. Yeah. Challenging yeah. pins. And, um, what I like about a lot of these holes is, is just, it makes you think about your second shot. It's not just attack the pin. It's, you know, it's know how the green reads and attack it from the standpoint of, you know, if I know if it slopes right this way, it's, it's hit over here, right. you know, keep it safe. So I always think just playing for the middle of the green out here is the safe bet and, you know, give you a shot at birdie, but secure that par. But, you know, when you start attacking flags out here, you can get you in trouble. Yeah, I always try and aim for the middle of the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't always. Doesn't work out that way usually Mm-mm. for me either. Yeah. I'm usually I'm, short. I'm usually chipping from a sand trap or something. <laughs> you know, One of the hardest shots. Yeah, I'm, 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 in some, I'm in some trouble. Yeah. Lucas, thank you for being with us. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate all your work. The course is great. Thank you. And uh, we'll appreciate it even more when it's done. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks man. Rich. Appreciate it. All right, Lucas Walters, superintendent. We're going to be back with the director of golf and the PGA professional of Georgia coming up with John Wade right after this on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Hi, this is Zach Johnson from the PGA Tour, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. We are live at the Ocean Forest Club where they're holding the 19th annual Jones Club today and tomorrow. First round was played yesterday. Our next guest is right here with me, uh, director of golf and uh, PGA professional of Georgia, John Wade. Also an excellent golfer himself. John, welcome and thanks for being with us. Rich, thanks for doing your show here. You're such a huge supporter of golf and the Golden Isles and, 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 the, and the Jones Cup Invitational. We, it's really a privilege to have you live from the Jones Cup, which is the first time ever. And I can tell you, honestly, I am just glad to be alive. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, <clears throat> all right, 19th year of the Jones Cup, uh, 84 players. How were they invited to play based on what? There is a, um, a pretty detailed curriculum, if you will, that we go through, but one of the driving forces behind how you get an invite to the Jones Cup is the World Golf Amateur Rankings. Okay. Certainly, if you're winning some big events, um, I, I said earlier this week, if, if you win, you're in. You know, the U.S. Amateur, the U.S. Mid-Amateur, um, NCAA, if you're on that Walker Cup watch list, you've either won or you've played well enough or your ranking is high enough, you're probably going to get an invite. But the, but the rankings are the driving forces behind that. All right. How would you compare this year's field to any other field that you've had? So we had some last-minute uh, movement due to various reasons. Um we were headed into this year's tournament, probably the strongest field that we've ever had. 2015 uh, on paper, if you look at the rankings of how many top 50 we had, how many top 100 players we had, that was a point one or two higher. Okay. okay. It, it's going to remain there. So, I mean, if I'm having to really give you an answer, we're probably the second strongest in the 19 years wow. that we've had. But, you know, we've got roughly. It, 18 or so of the top 50 players. Wow. 30 plus of the top 100 players. We've got U.S. Mid-Am champion. Uh, we've got nine GB&I Walker Cup watch list players. Nine U.S. Walker Cup players. We, I believe both captains have been on property already this week. Hmm. Um, they're 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 doing their due diligence. Right. Um, the, Rich. 
it's, it's like a tour event out here. It these, really they, is. These, it these, really is. These young men are just incredible, and we've got several high school players out yeah, here. Yeah, I met one of them yesterday. In fact, I walked with him, uh, Harley from England. Yeah, uh, seventeen, uh, strong. Yeah, strong player. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's um, it goes even beyond that. <clears throat> we were fortunate enough to have TaylorMade, Titleist, and Callaway bring their tour trucks here this year, which adds a whole nother element. Uh, for these players, uh, someone texted me the other day. These these young men are so spoiled, but <laughs> yeah, you know they are. But yeah. they they've got big dreams, big aspirations, sure. and and it, it we're trying to put on the absolute best amateur event that we can put on. We have right. some pretty high goals and objectives that that we're looking at to continue to prove year after year after year, and and we're trying. We believe that the tournament's already a can't-miss event, right? but we want to make it to where it's just just like seeing mom and dad at Christmas, I have to play in the Jones Cup. Or watching the Masters in April. Or watching the yeah. Masters in April. You right. know, it's um, obviously that tournament trumps most tournaments, certainly trumps any tournament in Georgia, but there's no reason why we couldn't be a close second in terms yeah. of amateur golf and a nod to Bobby Jones, who right. was greatest amateur to ever play yeah and changing the date seems to have worked out really well for this year and knock on wood (laughs) right right, yeah whether we we have no control over but this could be where you keep it we are we are looking uh strongly at this date um moving forward or certainly this time of the year the feedback that we have gotten from players coaches in particular they love it the young men are not in school they're not missing any of their academic responsibilities. What we selfishly like, there's not another event that we're competing with anywhere, in right. particular amateur golf. You right. know, the PGA Tour is out in Hawaii, so right. uh, that's great. And um, it, I, I don't want to say that we're ready to commit to it, but, boy, we're, we're moving there quickly. <laughs> so when would you, uh, based on your meetings that you're having and yeah. the refresh, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, when would you make that decision? I would say in the next 30 to 45 oh, okay. days, okay. no that, more than 60. That quick, okay. We want to get it on the calendar. Right. We, want, we want to make sure that uh, the players that, would, that are potentially going to be in this event can mark it on their calendars. Right. You know, We'll certainly want to check with our – Management team and Lucas and uh, by the way, Lucas, I just turned fifty. I get to move up a tee. Well, then okay, so did, then and he's so telling he. me I've got to play all the way back. Yeah, That's but, not. But he can move up then too. If you move up, he he's gets not to move fifty. Up. He's got to move back. Yeah, yeah. I heard you guys talking about. Yeah, that. I know. I'll we'll just take a couple clubs out of your bag. Okay, so let's talk about this Jones Cup. Several players, many players, have gone on to play on the PGA Tour. Yes, and won major tournaments. I mean, that is incredible right there. It should be on the schedule on a regular basis for amateurs, even without having it be a Walker Cup year. Well, Rich, here's the here's the truth about this. Just about every player that was eligible for the Walker Cup that won the Jones Cup played on the Walker Cup team. Hmm. There's a spot in the RSM Classic for the champion. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's a game changer. Oh, and it for is. The, for these young men that are that are battling for the PGAU points and right, you know, this this could change their life. Yeah, you know, certainly their early part of their career. Um, 
This is an unofficial fact check, but we in-house looked at the United States Open this year that was played up at Brookline. 156 players teed off on Thursday. 84 of those players had played in a Jones Cup. Wow. RSM Classic back in November, 154 players teed off. 54 of those had played in a Jones Cup with three champions playing. Yeah. This tournament is young when you think of old. Oh, yeah. But it has made an immediate impact on the game of golf um, right out of the gate. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the people that have come before me, you know, directors of golf, head professionals, the members that are involved, obviously the Jones family, Mr. Stahl, like Mr. Jones uh, spoke about, the passion around this event seems to be growing as fast as this tournament is growing in the amateur ranks. Yeah. And past winners, Justin Thomas. Yes. Uh, Davis Thompson, currently on the PGA Tour, son of Todd Thompson, tournament director of the RSM. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, and you've had a lot of other winners. But you've also got Ben Carr from Georgia Southern that's here, uh, second U.S. amateur. I mean, what a great match that was. And he's here. He's in the. He's in third place, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he's got an invitation to the Masters. Correct. How cool is that? Anytime you can have a player in the field that uh, is going to play in Augusta in April mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is a is a certainly a nice little uh, kudos to your yeah. own tournament. Oh yeah. And we were fortunate enough to find out uh, day before yesterday that Gordon Sargent got a spot. So now we have two players that are playing. Actually, three because the United States Mid Am champion will play. So oh, we yeah. actually have. We actually have several in the field right. this year that'll be playing um, at Augusta in April, and you know, it's—I don't know that I can really articulate what we're watching day in day out. You know, watching these young men tee off and watching them get warmed up and 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 the exercises that they go through to get prepared to go play—it's um—it's impressive. The physique of the golfers today compared to 10, 15 years ago, uh, you don't have a lot of Craig Statlers out here. Um, you know, you, you, they're all, I mean, they're not all tall, but they're, they're lean and they're built and they're working with trainers and, uh, it's just a whole different game. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that I was having that conversation yesterday, uh, with Paul Claxton, his son is playing in the event who Parker. also plays at Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern freshman. And and Paul obviously played the tour, played mm-hmm. the Corn Ferry Tour, and was very successful uh, throughout his career. A couple of things that 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 we were kind of chuckling about was number one, I believe that we are seeing the true Tiger Woods effect right now. We have mm. athletes mm. playing golf. Yeah, their physique. They could play college football, college basketball, college baseball, maybe even further on i mean you right. you have someone that was a multi-sport elite that has chosen this wonderful game mm-hmm. paul told me a really cool statistic <laughs> or, or, or fun fact <clears throat> when he was playing the tour he wore a size 10 shoe okay the average size i guess this is 20 years ago now or okay 15 years ago yeah the average size shoe that a pga tour player wore was eight then? Then. And okay. he wore a 10, and the foot joy guys would give him a hard time. They'd call him Bigfoot. 
we were joking you know it's probably 13 yeah. out there now yeah you know? right but to your point that's that, that's yeah. talking about but the the level of physique yeah. that is out there yeah. i mean they're they're six two three four and and hit it so far and straight. so far and straight yeah i mean yes they have errant shots but yeah. th- that's golf and that's going to happen they're going to miss putts but i mean you're right i was walking around yesterday with three guys uh one who's in second place he had eight birdies um i mean played the course incredibly the way they maneuver their course management their demeanor um uh, and how far they hit it how accurate they are um to me, it's just it's it's great to watch. It really is. I think mentally they just take a total different approach, oh, certainly yeah. than the average golfer, um, but but more so than right. just even right. somewhat competitive golfers. Right. You know, there there's an objective there. They've played practice rounds. They have <clears throat> marked their book, if you will. They they've put a strategy together and they right. stick to it. Yeah. And the uh, discipline is just incredible. Um, uh, when I was young, I had it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's there anymore. But anyway, with that, we got to take a break. We're going to be back with John Wade, Director of Golf here at Ocean Forest. We're here live, and this is the Jones Cup, 19th annual, going on now. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Davis Thompson, University of Georgia, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. We're back here live at Ocean Forest Club, home of the Jones Cup, 19th annual. We're with John Wade, director of golf. Uh, John, refresh going on. Reese Jones built the original course. Uh, It's 25 years old or shorter or longer, but you've hired Bo Welling to come in. Um, And what is he going to do? Let me ask this. How did you choose Bo? Why, Why Bo? There was a process that was in place where right. a number of architects were brought in, not looking to do a total renovation. Um, one way to maybe describe what we're trying to do is like taking your car in to be serviced. Bill's making faces at you over there. So, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> didn't you ask him this already? <laughs> I did, but I want to hear it from you. So it's it, it it's really we need some tweaking done. Yeah. Some. Refresh. Tees, bunkers, they, they've yeah. reached their lifespan. And um, to not have to really do an overhaul, total renovation, because the property is unbelievable. The layout is great. The The vistas are almost unmatched. You're right. You're right. You know, listen, it's one of those things where Mr. Stahl loves to say, don't think or you'll mess it up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of what we don't want to do. Well, it's. It's the challenge that you have is that you have a great course. How do you make it greater? Right. And I, I think I think the great course will definitely remain. I think what we're going to see is a, a continued challenge to the better player. And it's going to be a little more enjoyment for the membership. Yeah. And we have to remember, you know, we're a golf club and that's what we're about. And it's about this membership and their enjoyment and their experience they're fortunate enough to be members here we take a lot of pride in 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 our membership and we want to make sure they have the most enjoyable experience that they can have every day right all right we've talked about some of the past winners around the tour they're playing in majors like the masters and all the others but there's 84 players here Um, uh, very few of them will go on to the pga tour 
but they're great players to have been invited. Uh, but more of them will not make it on the tour. They will try, but eventually after a couple of years, they won't and they'll start to do whatever else they went to school for. That to me is incredible because the talent is there. Golf is hard. It is. It, it's very difficult at this level um, and levels beyond this. And it's also one of those things where I think sometimes it's about timing. It's, it's about maybe how things just kind of fell into place. And maybe you were playing at a certain event that gave you an exemption somewhere. I've never done that. No? No. Oh, well, it's not too late. Don't give up. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> if I can move up in the tees, maybe it's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It is hard. It's, it, it's hard to get there. Uh, and it's even harder to stay there. I, I think so. And, and I think the ones that make it just think differently. I really do. Um, whether it be what they think about themselves, what drives them, the determination, you know, Randy Myers, who does an unbelievable job for the Sea Island Company and for all of our tour players and top-level amateur players and he comes over for the Jones Cup. He's stretching these guys before they get him, getting them ready to go. You know, he will tell you, you know, the ones that make it could arguably be mutants. You know, they're like, mm -hmm. they just, they're just a different breed. And right. I don't know that we really know what that is because there have been incredible golfers played in the Jones Cup, have won some big events as an amateur that never make it. And they're either money managers or selling insurance. And they're or, probably playing more golf than anyone. Right, and probably enjoying it more. Uh, probably so. Because it's a grind. I ran into Bobby Wyatt at Seaside. Yes. And Bobby was huge golfer with the University of Alabama and started in the pro ranks. Right. And he said, I'm not doing it anymore. I was that under may too not much be a better example. That right. may not be a better example than Bobby Wyatt. Walker Cup player. Yeah. I mean, he shot ridiculously low numbers yeah all the time yeah i've heard keith mitchell say i'm on tour but bobby's a better player right oh yeah but bobby told me that being on tour he was too worried about all the people that he had to help and uh you know that it helped get him there he didn't want to let them down and he felt too much pressure yeah. he said now i enjoy playing with my buddies on golf trips that's it. Bridge, I think that supports our thought process of, of thinking differently. They yeah. think different. Yeah. You you're know, right. to get there, you got to be a little selfish. You got to be. And you got to be able to block out uh, a number of different distractions and wants and needs. And you certainly got to be surrounded by the right people that probably shelter some of that. I think out. that's a huge key because you could sit there and have the most confidence you have in yourself, but you got to have the right people around you to help build that up but so it doesn't get out of control. That's correct. That's correct. And those people need to protect you. Yeah. And sometimes you have to protect yourself. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. So last question. Uh, what do you think it's going to take to win? We got five under right now. What do you think it's going to take? So it's total guess. Yeah, I know. I know it's total guess. So the, the staff uh, was debating this, my, my professional staff, which, by the way, I am so fortunate yeah. to be surrounded by the professionals that I have on my staff. I'm, I'm yep. so lucky. But Okay, 20 seconds. 
one of the guys said he thought Davis Thomas record was going to be broken at uh, lower than 13 under. I, 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 I'm liking 11 under. Okay. I'll go 12. Okay. Just be different. All right. Okay. John, thank you for being with us. Hey, thanks again Appreciate for all the support you all right. us. Thank you all for being with us live here at Ocean Forest at the Jones Cup, 19th annual. Thanks for being with us. We enjoy having you, and thank you for listening to the Back Nine Boys. Take care.